Oh, hi. Good morning. Uh, my name is Andrew. Um, I just have a couple of questions for you. I've been listening to your podcast, Truth Time Radio, and uh, the only way I can describe it is that it's uh, it's pretty much dismantled uh, everything that I have uh, understood um, about Christianity. You know, I come from a Canadian uh, Pentecostal background and went to Pentecostal Bible College, grew up in church, and things just were making a lot of sense when you were talking about um, lordship salvation and the difference between forgiveness and salvation and those happening at two different times. I like that and that makes sense. However, when I kept listening to your podcast, the idea that um, that, that God doesn't speak to us anymore um, kind of rattled me and I, I feel a little bit like, how do I walk out the theology that you're sharing um, on a day-to-day basis, because it's not just logical for me, it's also emotional, um, and God was a, uh, a place of a refuge in, in times of emotional storms, and not really sure uh, how to look at this anymore. Um, anyway, if you if you are able to call me back, um, I think that that would be appreciated, and considering all the things that are being shared, um, to, to help a brother how to walk this out, uh, I think... Um, I, I think you, you owe me that, at least. If you don't mind, call me back when you have a chance. My number is one nine zero five. Okay, a voice message from the mailbox here at the office from Andrew. And now, here's the callback. Truth Time Radio. Oh, hi. Yeah. It's uh, Andrew. I'm just calling you back. You're calling from <laughs> Canada, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm in uh, Western Ontario. The biggest city, the biggest city closest to me is uh, is called London, Ontario. How did you find the program? Oh, that's a funny story. Um, I actually was looking for uh, some information about Cat Kerr, and um, I went to Spotify, and I found your podcast, uh, and I think her name was in the title of it. So I had to listen. And I, 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 I initially was really, I was impressed with uh, some of the very catchy lines that, that were used, such as, you know, you only get two educations, the one you give yourself and the one you're given. You know? uh, um, and, and that really stuck with me. I thought, that's, that's really wise. I, I really like that. And um, so I continued listening, and um, I, I really... Uh, resonated with things that, you know, I I have a an evangelical background. I, I'm I'm you know I'm a, I'm a Pentecostal, and in Canada I think that means something a little bit different than it does in the states, but um, similar to probably Assemblies of God. So I have you know evangelical theology, um, and even on the charismatic side, I would say, and uh, the. The the truth is that there is there is legalism that has crept into into our churches, and um, I really appreciated your your perspective um, on that. My call came out of what happened with me was I was listening to your podcast and I was and I was so appreciative of the truth that I was receiving from it, but. 
I felt like I started to dry up, like spiritually. And I was just kind of scratching my head going like, how could I just have gotten this download of truth and had been listening to, you know, many of your podcasts and teachings and really enjoying it and getting a lot of clear teaching and, and obviously looking to the, the word myself and, and seeing that it lines up and, and having these really great, like, epiphanies and aha moments of, of, of truth and clarity and then, on the, and then spiritually feeling, feeling rather dry. Um, and I was having a hard time sort of uh, bridging the gap there. And so that's sort of when I wanted to call and, and sort of ask what you thought about that. Well, perhaps it's when we come from the basis of um, what feeling spiritual is. And I guess that does deal a lot, especially when you come from the charismatic uh, arenas, which I am, I am from myself, uh, comes a lot from feelings. And so we put our feelers out there and we look for things to feel correct. So then you're getting this download of truth, as you put it, and you're not feeling what you were taught that you should feel, when in actuality, the truth is not about our feelings. The truth is about what thus saith the Lord, and us lining up and just finally agreeing and standing on God's word. So God is still our refuge, but how? Is he our refuge? And a lot of times we were taught that it was through emotionalism. And again, our feelings and how our day went and our daily circumstances. But he's our refuge in his word. That's what we have now. That's what we stand on, his word. Not through the outward manifestations such as miracles, signs, and wonders that were for the nation Israel when we go to our Bible. When we learn to rightly divide the word of truth, we find that those were for the nation of Israel before they even had a completed word. However, for us, the miracle has already taken place. So we're on the other side of the miracle. We're on this side of the cross. It's over here that our apostle, the apostle Paul, said that he was made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to him for us and it was to fulfill the word of God that's something Israel did not have they did not have the fulfillment of the word of God the Bible was still being written Paul's revelatory information he got the revelation of the mystery well that was still in the future hadn't happened so they didn't have a fulfilled word of God such as uh, you and I Andrew mm-hmm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I can appreciate that, and um, and I I would say I am learning the difference between um, going by feeling, whereas the word instructs us to go by faith. So there's definitely there's definitely some there's some lessons for me to 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 dig into a little bit. Things that happened in, in the Bible, the outward expressions were for the Jews who required signs. They were an adulterous generation who had a hard time believing, so the Lord had to give them signs. But for you and I, we've been instructed to walk by faith and not by those outward signs. 
Therefore, that, that's, a, that's a totally different platform, a totally different administration, and a completely different economy that we're under. Paul wrote, he said, The mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now, those two words, they're real important, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known the riches of his glory and the mystery among the Gentiles. That's you and I. And, and he goes on to say, which is, now this is the mystery, which is Christ in you, Andrew. Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. What mystery Paul was speaking about there is that among us, the Gentiles, Christ indwells us. That's our hope of glory. See, David didn't have that. And there's where we have to rightly divide the word of truth. David did not have this indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's why in Psalm uh, 52, David said, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Why did David say that? Because the Holy Spirit could come and go as he pleases. Not Mm -hmm. so today. It's different. The believer is permanently indwelt by him. And I know if you're talking about coming from the assemblies of God, you've, you've probably been taught that the the uh, uh, indwelling of the Holy Spirit can actually, you can actually lose that, lose your salvation. Uh, I, 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 I don't, um, so I would liken our, uh, uh, the Pentecostal Church in Canada to the Assemblies of God, just because that's probably the most, the most, that was the closest thing that I, I think mm-hmm. um, is, is what would be the equivalent in the U.S., um, but because I know there's, I know sometimes the word Pentecostal can some, some, some Americans when you hear Pentecostal they think that you're uh, that you're oneness, uh, oneness Pentecostal. You know Jesus only. You don't believe in the Trinity. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We don't believe that. We have we have we have sound doctrine. Um, you know our our fundamental statement of truths is is quite sound, um, but uh, the legalism can creep in in sort of the application. What is the doctrine of salvation? How are you saved? Well, well, of course, um, the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, um, even though I'm not really big on denominations, but that's what I affiliate to, and that's the church that I'm a part of. Uh, you know, um, I, I do believe um, in, you know, the salvation message that, that you share in your podcast. 100 percent um and i also and to answer your question i do believe they have more of the traditional um you know when you repent of your sin and you know sin separates us from god but you know through christ we you know we we walk over the bridge and receive salvation um and so when you are repentant then you are forgiven, and then you are saved. I do believe that's what they um, have in their doctrine. I don't agree with it. I I was very surprised by when you shared that the sin of the world was forgiven when Christ died on the cross. I mean, like, you wouldn't believe by reaction. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just paused it, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like this, this makes the good news good news. It was revolutionary for me. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, and that all you have to do is believe 
I mean, like, my goodness. It's, it's really changed the way that I um, think about sharing the gospel with others, because it's so simple. You don't have to sit them down and say, okay, do you have an hour and a half for me to go through the entire, you know, history of mankind? It's, it's simplified it, and, it's, and it, it brought it to be the fact that it's such good news because it's simple. And I, I just really appreciate that. But to answer your question, I do believe that the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada has more of that, um, that uh, I would call it a, a traditional salvation theology. I feel that there is, there is a lot of confusion. You know, a lot of friends that I have, when I ask them, you know, what, what are our commandments? What are we to follow? And they will, they will, nine times out of ten, they will say, uh, oh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I say, wrong. What do you mean? I said, well, okay, first of all, is Jesus telling them that's what they are to do? No. Jesus is only answering a question when they said, what's the greatest commandment? And they go, oh. And then I go, and then I go, well, secondly, uh, Here's, here's something else that I just learned. Jesus is talking to the Jews. He, even if he was giving them the, this commandment, uh, he's talking to the Jews. So where do we receive our instructions from Paul? And they go, hold on, can you repeat that? <laughs> they go, uh, I, think I, I think I lost it for a second. Like, it's so ingrained that that is, you know, that's what they measure themselves on every day is, did I love the Lord like my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength today? Oh, man. Oh, man. Did I measure up? I don't know. Ah, man. Uh, I don't think I did. You know, I, I, I cut that guy off in traffic, and I did this, and I did that, and, and they just walk around defeated, and they walk around discouraged. Yes, sir. Because they're correct. looking at their self. That's correct. Get Second Corinthians chapter 5 for me. But uh, listening to you there, you're so correct. And, um, you know, they do these things and they have this attitude with total disregard to Scripture because in uh, the 14th chapter of uh, the first letter that Paul wrote the Corinthians, he said, If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write are the commandments of the Lord. So... If they want to follow the commandments today in this current economy, under this administration, just just the same as if a presidential administration changes, the economy, the rules, the day-to-day walk, things are different. And to not recognize that and to stay in the last president's administration will make you look and sound foolish. So we have to first recognize what administration we're in. We're under the direction of the Apostle Paul. Paul says to follow me as I followed Christ. So he said the the things I write are the commandments of the Lord. So what should we be following? The things that he wrote. Yep, absolutely. Mm. And in 2 Timothy 2.7, Paul also says, um, Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. So we have to get into the epistles of Paul before we can start to get understanding of what's going on today in this current administration of grace. 
Now, you're there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Start reading at about verse 18 for me, and just continue to read there. Okay. Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, Thank you, Lord. Not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now, right there, you know, here, here are your your friends. Did I walk this out? Did I did I do this? Did did I did I keep this commandment? And 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 on and on it goes. Meanwhile, the bigger, the greater question is: Did you offer them the word of reconciliation? That is their only hope. Mm-hmm. But again, when we're when we're drawn inwardly and we're looking in the mirror, we're looking at self all the time. It's, did I do this? Am I pleasing to the, did I, did I, did I live up? Did I perform? No. What about the person who is lost and without salvation? Did you offer them the word of reconciliation? And see, Andrew, this is what the religious system has done. It has twisted this thing upside down, bottom side up, to where we're not even doing what we're called to do each and every day of our life here. Yeah, absolutely. And that has been very helpful uh, for me. Um, You know, yeah, absolutely. And so you're saying, instead of them looking at their own, how good did I do and what did I do wrong, they should be looking at, did I share the good news? Once you learn that and that God is not sitting around judging you for your sins and how you lived up and how you performed, and if you are performing at a certain level, then and only then are you able to go and start sharing this good news with others. Until that time comes in a man's life, he wakes up evaluating himself all the time. And he does that so much that he's so consumed with self that he forgets others. That's how it works. And Satan is, he's really pleased that people don't know this. And we're more of a lordship salvation. And we're always waking up, evaluating, looking at ourselves. And then at the end end of the day, counting and measuring and making sure we lived up to, to God's expectation. No, his expectation is that we have faith and that we believe that Christ lived up. He did all the living up to for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is that is remarkably freeing. And I know for me I'm a I'm a super practical person and so when I um I always think, well how does this play out practically? <laughs> and um of course it it certainly takes all the pressure off and it puts all the glory to, to Christ where it belongs. And then there's an aspect of walking it out that I think uh, a little bit of clarification can help, and and I, I think sometimes the question can 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 come up even in my own life is we do have an active relationship with the Lord, right? Um, I know you mentioned in one of your podcasts, and it it, it troubled me a little bit um, that it, it sounded like you were saying that the that the the gifts of the Holy Spirit had ceased and. I was I was I was troubled by that because I thought well, 
you know, um, like the fivefold ministry has ceased, uh, you know, has, you know, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has that ceased? Like, what does that mean? Okay. Uh, turn, if you will, to first. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. Re- start reading uh, right in there for me. Yeah, love never fails, but uh, whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Mm-hmm. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Now these are gifts, right? Yeah. Okay, keep reading. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Okay. What do you get out of that? It's hard to not just think with the way that I've always thought about it, which was, if you do any of these things without love, uh, they're going to be of no use. Right, and I guess... More precisely, I'm saying, these things shall cease, they shall fail. And then there's a timeline, Andrew. See if you can see that timeline of when these things will fail, and these things will cease and start to vanish. When that which is perfect has come. There you go. My question to you, when would that be, according to what you've been taught? Well, to be honest, uh, I, I, I don't remember the last time this verse was preached um, in my church, but, uh, but my New King James Study Bible has a note in it that says that it refers to the completion of God's purposes after the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, but that's a note, and that's a man, and then you buy another Bible— and they have another note by another man, and you kind of see where that goes. But when we compare Scripture with Scripture, let me get you to turn to Colossians chapter 1. When we compare Scripture to Scripture and begin to rightly divide the word of truth, see, the Bible is axiomatic. It, 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 it's, it's its own dictionary. It answers itself. So uh, let's just compare Scripture here. Okay, Colossians chapter 1. Yeah, and look at verse 25 and read that for me. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. There you go. Paul, what he was given... The revelations that he was given fulfilled the Word of God. Again, we started out our conversation talking about David and all the, all the people of old who did not have this advantage, Andrew, that you and I have. That's why they needed all of these things. They needed all of these signs, all of these supernatural interactions from the heavens that you and I do not need because they've already been established. They're not being established. The Word is not being written. The prophets are not getting visions and revelations from the Lord and writing the Bible. No, it's completed. And there is your Apostle Paul 
He fulfilled the word of God. So the last revelations given to mankind, the last interaction, supernaturally speaking, was given to the Apostle Paul. And there is no need for it anymore. So back to that verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verse 8. Let, let me get you to do one more thing. Before we go there, this will kind of wrap this up. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Second Corinthians chapter 12. And this will tie okay. right in with this. Okay, I'm, I'm there. Verse 7. Read that for me. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. Okay, let's stop right there. Paul was given more than one revelation from the Lord. He had more than one encounter. Remember, he didn't walk with the earthly Christ. He met the glorified Christ on the road to Damascus, who came to him in visions and in revelations. And now we have, to the church, the body of Christ, 13 letters that keeps us stable if we'll walk in them. They tell us about our salvation and our day-to-day marching orders. He was given an abundance of these revelations. He's written them down. Now, go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and read verse 8 again for me. We'll tie all this in. Colossians 1, we just read, he fulfilled the word of God. If you see a prophet on television or on YouTube who says the Lord told him, you can stop right there. He didn't tell him anything. Because if he did, then Paul lied, the Bible's not been fulfilled, and the prophet also needs to add whatever the Lord told him to the Bible. That's how we got the Bible. People being told what to write down. And the Bible is complete, therefore we don't need any more messages. And again, if we do, why why aren't you writing those down and adding them to Scripture just like all the other prophets did? Mm. Mm. 1 Corinthians 13, we're back to our original verse here. I'm there. Okay. Read verse 8 again. Where there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. There we go. Let's tie this in. Compare the verses. Not look at a man's commentary. When we compare the scriptures, we just saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 that Paul was given an abundance of revelations that fulfilled, completed God's word. Now we have it in written form. So that which is perfect has come. Notice there Paul says, knowledge. What does he say about knowledge? It will cease. Mm-hmm. Now, are you still learning things today? Of course you are, and so am I. So what knowledge could Paul be talking about? This Bible, it's over, it's done, it's complete. It was fulfilled through the abundance of revelations given to the Apostle Paul. It does make sense. It does make sense. So, you know, uh, for example, um, you know, had a couple, uh, a couple over yesterday and you just had some time of, you know, uh, of worship and, um, uh, you know, really sensed, you know, the, 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 the loving, you know, presence of God. Um, and, um, you know, you know, felt the Lord, you know, impress on my heart, you know, the, the, you know, some of the, the, the truths of Scripture as to, like, you know, we're, we're adopted in, you know, into the family of God, and, you know, I, I, I felt this, you know, um, uh, the heart of God as, as a, a father that adopts a child and, and sets up their room and, 
um, you know, and and provides for them and is 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 there for them and is 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 you know there whatever they need they can ask, you know, and so um, not necessarily like uh, a you know a, a strictly knowledge or you know uh, reading exercise, but more of an experiential thing that. Um, I have to say, is of great value, you know? Um, Feelings, experiences, and and there's nothing wrong. God give us our feelings. Our feelings are awesome. But I'm just trying to follow you. Give me an example of what you are saying here. Be a little bit more specific, please. Uh... Has has the has the experiential aspect of God ceased in your a study of of the Word? Well, we have His Word. How you feel about that, and how I feel about that that that's fine. There's nothing okay. wrong with experiencing. Fe- <laughs> I experienced the greatest feelings ever before in my life after learning this truth and in my daily reading of scripture i I experience all kinds of feelings when i think about things Mm. but are you are you saying right there at that moment in in time god is supernaturally giving you a feeling then there's where we would have to part ways i don't even understand why we would need that we have feelings he gave us that from the beginning and our feelings would follow the truth that's great nothing wrong with that our experiences, if I experience something after reading the truth, after worshiping, as you said, after being within a group of people, uh, nothing wrong with that. Okay. 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 Yeah. And and I, I guess that was my question, was, you know, um, when we read something like, you know, in, in, in Hebrews, you know, you know, it's like, you know, we can approach the throne of grace, you know, and, and find, you know, mercy and grace in our in our time of need i mean like you know this is a god who does appeal to our emotions who does understand uh that we have needs and he does and he does desire to love us um not just teach us but also love us right and so that's what i was sort of wondering was if if the gifts have ceased has the has the holy spirit stopped ministering to us on an emotional level at all well if if you don't have the word and if you didn't have the word you would get uh-huh. no no dealing with the holy spirit because that's that's who wrote this word that's who wrote the book man's hands was yeah. just man's hands the holy spirit wrote the book so any kind of experience you have while reading this word and while understanding this word while believing this word while accepting this word is an experience uh-huh. with the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Okay. It's when we step out of that that then there's trouble. <laughs> yeah, when we get away from God's Word, absolutely, absolutely, Andrew, yeah. then there's trouble. We mm-hmm. invite all kinds of, of uh, doctrinal error in, and then then our feelings and then our experiences uh, <laughs> are, are coming from a place of error. Yes, yes. And about the uh, okay. Hebrews thing, uh, approaching the throne of grace, you know, Hebrews was written to Hebrews. That's not a, a Pauline epistle. And we don't have to approach any throne. 
We are already seated in heavenly places. So we're not approaching nothing. We're not looking to gain entrance anywhere, get closer to God. We don't. We can't get any closer. He's He indwells us. There's no getting closer to God. There's no getting away from God. That's, you, you may feel like, and now we're back to feelings again. You may feel like you're not as close to God as you once were. But not according to this mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're sealed unto the day of redemption. Has that day came yet? No, it has not. We're sealed. Holy Spirit's with you all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I know as, as one, uh, one speaker, one preacher said it, uh, he said, our standing before God never changes. Mm-hmm. Even though you feel far from God, your standing before him never changed. That's right. You know? That's right. He's correct. How I stand with God. Well, I, I'm, I'm in Christ. <laughs> so when God looks at me, who does he see? I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my standing mm-hmm. cannot change. Now, my day-to-day state, my state of mind, that's why Paul says renew your mind daily. Why? Because your state of mind may change. Your experiences may change. Your feelings may change. But your position that you have in Christ is secure it's in the heavenlies. You're already seated. Your conversation is already there. We just have to one day join up with it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I and I know that I'm just uh, I'm processing everything that I'm learning, um, and you know, wanting my experience to not stray away from the scriptures, but that they are in line. And yeah, and just to be able to make it, you know, to make it my own. You know, um, so there's sort of this learning curve and sort of <laughs> uh, some things that um, uh, I was, you know, uh, probably thought that I'm like, wait a minute, how does this line up with Scripture? So I appreciate you just sort of taking some time and and uh, sharing some of the, 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 the biblical references. And I wrote all of them down so I can revisit them. So it it, it is it, it is uh, it is very helpful. And and I really do appreciate your time. So, and by the way, I I've, I've I go to a different church than I have for the last thirteen years. So the last the last four months, I've been uh, I moved, and so I'm part of a new church. And um, I'm not hearing any legalism. I'm hearing I'm hearing a really good, solid message. So I'm I'm happy about that. But I know for the last thirteen years, it's been um, it's been this. Uh, let's, you know, let's, let's repent, <laughs> like, let's repent of our sin, you know, and, uh, and, oh, if anyone here wants to receive salvation, then pray a prayer to be forgiven of your sin. And even, you know, I pick up, even yesterday, I was at this, this church doing a little soup kitchen kind of thing, helping them out, and there was some tracks there, and I picked one of them up, and sure enough, it's, it's, you know, sin separates us from God, and, you know, Receive forgiveness of your sin, and you'll be reconnected, reconciled to God. This is all a ploy to get you into a building. If you are uh, under the impression that you have sin still needing to be taken care of, and they tell you that you can do that in their church, you can come down to this altar, you can come here and say a prayer, then that's how you get your, your sins taken care of until the next time. Till next Sunday, and then you you have some more sins you need to take care. The problem is, if they would have told the truth to begin with, you would still want to go to that building and be with like-minded people who are there for all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You see, if they would have mm-hmm. taught that the sins were dealt with 
But we come together to edify, to build up and uplift and to further our, our understanding of doctrine so we can go back out those doors into the world and continue to preach this word of reconciliation, then there would still be a need to come to that building. That's their whole purpose. Okay. They want to get you to the building, and they've developed this wrong way to do so, which is to get you to come there to get your sins taken care of instead of telling you your sins were already taken care of. Mm-hmm. 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 That's right. That's right. And and I know this was just a this was a track by you know uh, you know Nave Press. Like you know this is this is uh, their best attempt at explaining the gospel, but. I don't think that they've really um, come to the the understanding that you know you've really helped shed light on. You know they haven't really come to the the realization that yeah you don't get your sins forgiven, you know you get saved, yes. right? And they think that's the same thing. It's lordship yes. salvation. I, I think if they were to to hear this, you know I think it's the best kept secret that I've ever heard. <laughs> mm-hmm. People say they believe the gospel, but then they say, well, you have to believe something to get your sins forgiven. Well, they really don't understand the gospel because nowhere in 1 Corinthians 15 is it said that you can be saved by getting your sins forgiven. No, Paul is saying your sins have been forgiven, just the same as Christ has risen. We're not waiting for him to rise, and we're not waiting for our sins to be forgiven. He's given you a, a, a proclamation of something that's already happened. Your sins were forgiven. Christ has risen. And your belief in that is what saves you. It doesn't make either of those take place or happen at the time you believe it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's a big difference. It's something that I'm still sort of wrapping my head around, and I get it. And when I heard it, when I heard you share that, I mean, I jumped up and down. I'm like, wow, that's that's amazing. It's beautiful, because righteousness is what gets you into heaven, not forgiveness. Forgiveness happened at the cross, but no one was made righteous at the cross of Christ. Not a soul. No one was justified at the cross of Christ. Not one person. The world was forgiven for their sins because of Him. We have nothing to brag about, nothing to offer up. A blood sacrifice was needed. A blood sacrifice was given. So the sin issue is off the table. The wages of sin is death. Christ died that death. So there's no more wages being owed for our sins. But we have to have imputed righteousness placed in our account. That's what justifies us, Andrew. Hey, brother, it's been a joy talking to you, and I invite you to uh, call me anytime you would like, any questions that you would have. You're very knowledgeable, Andrew, and I'm glad that you're, I'm glad to see you, brother, growing in grace and uh, just continue <laughs> on your journey, man. Stay in the Word. Test everything you hear. Test everything I tell you. Test every commentary and just keep on going for the Lord, brother. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Trey, and, uh, and bless you for your, for your ministry and your work. And, and if I do have any more questions, I'll, I'll be sure to reach out. Trey, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. All right, bye-bye.